Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Actually, like this is, I love where I am right now, so I will be honest, like last month was like the biggest time that I had like a lot of like most of the chunk of the money, like so like I have two young children, so mm-hmm. it has been like some, and then with the digital product and everything. So in last month, I was able to bring in over 10,000 and just through just four clients. So that's amazing. That's, that was May of 2020 mm-hmm. when people and, and that are... was just for the month of May alone. That was yeah. like I said, my clients are three month contracts. So that means like every single month at least that is guaranteed. Of like That's that. amazing. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, so it's not about the big number of people. It's mm-hmm. it's about who are the right people for you, the right fit for you that you know that they will do their part. And when you yeah. do your part, the result is going to be exponential. And then also the digital product. Hey, Changemaker. That was Dr. Omatola Atkinsola, and she is the guest today on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. So really buckle in because what she's going to talk about is so good. She really goes into the psychology on how she's transitioned into becoming a freelance grant writer and also on how to start a nonprofit and really looking at doing the needs assessment, even while she was studying in in the United States and working on her nonprofit in Nigeria. Very, very cool the way she's done it. And just in the short time that I've known her, she's even graduated and now is a doctor. So it's really, really cool to see everything that she's done in her life. And she's going to give you a snapshot of that today. Um, It's just going to be amazing. So really, really buckle up because she is just one of my favorite people. I love her to death. And she, because you'll see why (laughs) in today's episode. So uh, before we get into that today, though, just one more shout out to you guys on uh, the freelance grant writing master course that's coming up and this once again our podcast is sponsored by grant writing and funding my company so um this is the ad that you're going to get today it's on the freelance grant writing master course and that is starting up in september so if you want to be a part of that movement if you are on the fence right now of realizing that you want to start a side hustle or another career that gives you the opportunity to work with nonprofits all over the world while helping advance their mission and grow capacity and see real positive change in the world while at the same time of course earning an income that doesn't have to be peanuts right you can actually earn a substantial income doing this really impactful work so if you're looking at how do I get there like how do I go from maybe not having any grant writing experience at all to becoming a freelance grant writer or maybe even if you already have the grant writing experience, but you're not sure how to transition from maybe working in a nonprofit to opening a business, right? That's kind of a different hat. So that's why I've put together the Freelance Grant Writing Master Course, which is a six-week course where you get materials every single week, and then we, we connect live together to go over the materials. So it's a really great thing because you can work on some of the materials and then come with your questions and have that ability to connect with myself and with other people to really move your business forward to get it open to you know to get all of your ducks in a row so to speak so you can really thrive and we even go over pricing and packaging 
Tola is definitely going to talk about that today in the episode a bit and how she's been able to change her mindset and really have a strategy so she can create income. So you're really going to hear that today, which is amazing. And then, of course, the grant writing, like I said, even if you're a beginner grant writer, I also have included the grant writing master course for you within this package because I see a lot of people do come to me. They either want to improve their grant writing skills as they go into freelance grant writing or they just want to be able to know more about how to do grant writing, of course. So what I've done is I've put these two together so it'll actually be a full 12-week course for you to include the grant writing master course as well. If you are interested in that, please do go ahead and jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash freelance so you can get on the wait list. Right now I am um, having a lot of freebies coming out on that wait list. So just even if you're like, you know, I don't know if I want to be in the course, but I definitely want to have more information on what it is to be a freelancer. I definitely am giving away some free materials. We'll have some videos coming up next week to kind of walk you through more processes so you can get an, an outline and a blueprint on how to actually open up a freelance grant writing company. So do check out that out because I do only open the course once or twice a year. Last year I only opened it up live once. So if you know you know that you really need to make a transition soon and you want to be prepared then please do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash freelance all right guys so i hope you enjoy this episode as much as i did once again one of my favorite people dr omatola atkinsola so welcome to the show tala so great to have you here thank you so much for having me it's wonderful to be here Yes, I'm so excited. All right, so I'm just going to go ahead and read your bio so people have a better understanding of who you are. Um, so um, Dr. Amatola Atkinson, and I love that you became a doctor like during, like since you've been a member with me. So it's been this whole, I'm like, she's a doctor now. <laughs> it's fantastic. So you have um, more than seven years of experience as both an in-house grant writer and a freelance grant consultant to various nonprofits across the United States and in the continent of Africa. You're a social worker by trade, and you combine your passion for education, youth leadership, homelessness, community service, nonprofits, and social entrepreneurship with your skills as a writer and researcher. And I'm super excited. You have your PhD in social work from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and you also have, you've done a lot with funding uh, our founding Jumpstart Dream Academy, a nonprofit in Nigeria that works with youth to develop them into agents of positive change and you worked and consulted for various nonprofit organizations in different capacities, such as creating designing programs, evaluating programs, structuring nonprofits to run effective budgeting, grant proposal writing and reviews, and coming up with amazing fundraising strategies. So you're definitely, you've done a lot. Your business is called The Funding Magnet, and people can definitely find you on the thefundingmagnet.com, LinkedIn, Instagram, and so forth. So you have a lot of stuff out there. Um, you're also offering a freebie to all you listeners out there, or, you, or you've, you're, you've the viewers that are watching the YouTube channel. So I will definitely have that link um, later in the show. You can un, un, in the show notes. All right. So thank you so much. This is so exciting. I'm super, like I said, I'm super excited to have you on the show because I've seen you grow so much in the last mm -hmm. six months, even in your business and getting your degree. And just, I mean, you're definitely one of the most positive and 
just committed and disciplined people that I know, but you also have fun, your mom, <laughs> you have a lot going on. So, hey, so once again, it's my honor to have you on the show and I can't wait for our discussion today. Awesome, thank you. You're welcome. So let's go ahead and a little bit about you. I wanna know more about your story and I'd love for you to share it with everyone out there because it's so inspiring. I mean, as you heard in the bio, um, you know, Tella, she has, She's an executive director at a nonprofit, but she also runs a business, a freelance business. And a lot of you may be thinking to do the same thing or in the same position. And, you know, I just want you to kind of share, like, what was your, like, where did you start? You said, you know, over seven years of doing this. So seven years ago, what made you kind of get into this industry? Absolutely. So I finished my bachelor's degree and got accepted for my master's at Washington University in St. Louis and during the process and I was also studying social work but we had this opportunity to choose our concentration so it was either you choose the traditional one or either macro or um, macro practice or meso or you do the macro and for me I always felt like I want to do the best of both worlds because I believe that they both intertwine in my interest and so why I was um, in my um, first semester I came up with my own concentration, which I call social enterprise development and management. And nice. throughout my study, I had half of my classes at the business school and half at the social work school. And I also did a specialization in social entrepreneurship. And at the end of the day, the whole goal was like within a year, I realized that the goal was to start a profitable and sustainable nonprofit organization. And in order to be able to do that, you need both. You need the money and you also need the art as well. And so that was what my education was able to give to me. And then from the, also, the other reason I realized that this was needed was because in my country, Nigeria, the same thing was happening, even though I left over five years ago at that point, nothing has changed in terms of education, youth development, and homelessness and issues with children that are out of schools. Like right now, Nigeria has over 10 million children out of school, and it keeps growing wow. every single year. And so that was just where the challenges and problems I was thinking of. I was like, you know what? I don't have to become the president, the governor to make a change happen. I can do it through a social enterprise or a nonprofit. And so that was how I started the Jumpstart Dream Academy and was so invested in it that I even started before I went back to Nigeria. So I was having team meetings on Yahoo Messengers then and Skype. <laughs> and that was how we just started in 2008. Just say, you know what? We can be change makers. We don't have to wait until we have money or we have a big position to make change happen but it will come together as young people we can make change happen and so that was the part of that and that was sort of how I um, began and then also the reason why I was passionate about education and youth was growing up I grew up in a very poor and like sort of what they call the ghetto area when mm -hmm. I was growing up at child like sometimes like our education system will stop like for four months five months there'll be strike when the teachers will go on strike and then there'll be no school for us just because we're in the public school system and then it used to pay me so much that just because of who people are where they are born into that can determine whether they move along in life or they stay stuck and so i always believe that your background should not equal your future and so that was sort of like the inspiration when you know what i want to do better i want to figure out how to help young people irrespective of their background, to be able to make something out of their life, to follow their dream, to be able to finish high school, to be able to go to college if that is their choice or do something else if that's the preference that they want. And so that was how the journey began for me. And I realized that there was nothing like that at that point in Nigeria that was being done in terms of the um, services and the programs that we we're going to offer. And so that was what sort of began the journey for me. Wow. I mean, that's so inspiring. And how... 
like, okay, so you have this dream, you're, you're growing up and, you know, you said you're from this area that's so-called the ghetto or, you know, there's a lot of poverty potentially in that area, right? Um, how do you, how did you get yourself out of that? Like you said, there's not a lot of programs to help people do that. So how did you do that for yourself? Absolutely. I guess, yeah, the first one was my parents, even though we were not rich. And sometimes like my mom had to sell her clothes sometimes to enable us to stay in school and be able to go to school. Because at one point they had to take us out of the public school system because things were just really that bad. And so wow. their sacrifice and their belief in me was something that kept pushing me on. And so, and then for my dad, he always believed that, you know what, if, it's, if you want it and you can study hard for it, then you can get it. And so his was, so far you study for it and you do your part, I'll do my part and do whatever it takes to help you in terms of like monetary to get things going. And so I started having this dream when I was like in high school that, you know what, I don't want to be stuck in the same system because growing up, I was 16 then, and I realized that before I was born, they've been having this issue with education, with strike, with everything, and things have not changed. Normally, you're supposed to spend four to five years in um, college, right? Mm -hmm. Some people ended up spending eight years, nine years because of the strike. And I'm like, I don't want to be in this oh, system. Wow. There has to be something better. And so I started reading books. Like then, I didn't have like a personal computer or anything. I'll go to what they call the... Um, um, the um what do you call it the internet centers and go yeah. and pay money just to use the internet for like one hour and so I just oh, yeah, started the asking questions yeah, exactly yeah. started asking questions and saying okay what can be done better uh, what what is out there beyond Nigeria beyond my country and so books were something that actually opened the door for me so I started reading books about the likes of Ben Kansin, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela and the things that they were able to do with their life in spite of their background in spite of their beginning and so that sort of drove me on to say you know what my life can count for something not just about myself or, or my immediate family but I want my life to count like these other great people and the way that they they loved and the way they care for other people and make change happen in a big way and so i think that was the biggest thing was my parents and then just being willing to invest in books and so people used to call me iwe which in like english translates to bookworm because every time you're always seeing books i'm always reading whether it's for class or for personal development and it doesn't even change up to now and so that so that really was like my escape and I, I was able to see differently and that helped me to expand my mind and I was able to dream bigger and so I just started believing and seeing that it was possible for me that if these people can make it in spite of where they were born and who they were born into and what they were born into then it is possible for me as well I just have to do my best and like just tell the universe this is what I want and then do my part and believe that it will happen and gradually it started happening Oh, that's so amazing. I, I love it. I love that because you're looking at like, okay, I've got to develop myself first. Like now I'm getting the confidence from, you know, my family, but now I have to do it. And now you're getting like these mentors that even if, you know, you don't know them, you know what I mean? Or they're not around any longer, but they're still being mentors through these books to you, which absolutely. I mean, absolutely amazing. Yeah. So then how did you take the next step? Because did you feel like things just started opening up because that's where you're putting your energy or did you have to actually do something tangible then and take another step? Yeah, I did something tangible because <laughs> this is a funny story. So normally in Nigeria, after you finish high school, you're supposed mm -hmm. to know exactly what you want to study in a university. And so you're supposed to take a national exam that will place you. And if you pass, if you do well enough, then it will place you in that path. And so mm -hmm. I was supposed to be a doctor. Like that was my pathway. I was in science class throughout high school. And I was supposed to take this exam exam called JAMB, G-A-M-B, and 
they, my parents paid for it, but I knew that they want to study in Nigeria. And I'm like, you know what? There's no way. Because if I took that exam, I knew I was going to be stuck because my parents are the kind of people that say, oh, you can't just sit at home after a year. You have to go to school immediately. Like, you have to go to the university. You can't just sit home. It's not like here that you can take a year off or something. Then in Nigeria, there was no opportunity for that. They believe that it's only if you fail. That's mm-hmm. when you can you take a, a year off. And so I knew my parents were educators and they wouldn't like me to waste time or waste a year. And so what I did was like on the day of the exam, I went to visit my friend and just hanged out with her. When I went back home, they asked me how was the exam. I said it was perfect. It was great. <laughs> a month later. So you played hockey? Later, <laughs> yes. A month later, the, ex, the result was supposed to be out. I was like, Tala, where is your result? And I'm like, by the way, we have to have a meeting. It's like, what meeting? Where is the result? I'm like, Actually, I didn't take the exam. And we were like, oh, no. My mom was like so <laughs> furious with me. And she was like, what is going on? My dad was not around. So yeah, she had to call him because he was on a trip. That Can you imagine? Your daughter did not do this exam. Blah, blah, blah. What are we going to do? I'm like, you know what? Everyone calm down. I have a plan. So he tell us, like, I knew that if I took this exam, you're not going to take me seriously. But I don't want to study in Nigeria for my university education. And I knew that this was the only way to put you guys in the corner. Because I knew my parents. If I passed the exam, they'll say, you don't need any other option. So I had to take every option out of this, out of it for them and say, wow. this is the You burned all the bridges, didn't you? Or all yes, the- <laughs> that was because I knew that for me to be what I wanted to be at that point, I believed that I needed to leave the environment first and go and learn from other people in other places and see other places first to be able to do the massive things that I was thinking in my head and those kind of things. So that was my thinking at that point. And so the, my friends said, okay, what do we need to do? What exams do you need to write? And so, so if they turned their anger into what's the next step and then i was like okay this i need to write sat i need to write tofu i need to apply to these schools i said okay i'll pay for it how many out weeks do you have because they didn't want me to lose any time and they wanted me to like be able to meet the next admission so within like three weeks i had to sit for sat and um tofu but i was already preparing in secret because i knew that was what i wanted and so i sort of like had to like take the narrative and take control of my own narrative and my life because if I, I knew that if I didn't do that I was just going to be stuck on that path and it would be hard for me to argue with my parents to say oh I did this exam you passed and now you want to change things and go somewhere else so that was the first thing I needed to do was to own it and say you know what I want this what does it take to actually get there so I had to create a plan so a plan is always important in whatever you do whether you're trying to start your non-profit whether you're trying to start your business what's your plan what's the strategy that you're going to use to be able to achieve those goals that you have in the mindset the the, the um the sort of like goals that you set for yourself as you're going along so that was the first thing i think how i learned it like then i was not thinking about it like a plan but it was actually a planning like this is what i want and this is how i'm going to make it happen and so that was the first step and then after writing the exam and just committing to to say you know what i want this i'll do whatever it takes and because knowing that coming from nigeria the currency ratio was so high and right. very like outrageous so i knew that i needed scholarship and that was the only way that my parents would be able to like peacefully say you can go and so i needed to study extra hard and choose the schools that i knew that they had scholarship opportunities for me so it was not about going to the best schools but going to the right schools that i knew that they will have the scholarship and will have the interest that i wanted to pursue as well and why, why was that, that, so you wanted to go to uh, in the States to school, but it was yes. because they had programs that weren't available in Nigeria, or you just wanted to have a different experience, or like what was? Mm-hmm. It was a combination of both. Okay. So during that period, I also realized that I didn't want to be a doctor. That the reason why I taught medicine was for me was because I wanted to help people. And I realized that helping people 
I didn't want to do medicine. I, it was not about curing their diseases or helping them feel better, like in terms of like illnesses, but more of like the emotional, the physical, the material support, those kind of things. That was more of my core in the in, in the long run. So I found out about what they call social work, and I was mm-hmm. like. There was at that point in my country only two universities were offering it and they were only offering it at the master degree level. And I was uh, like, I don't want to wait until I didn't want to wait until it was master degree yeah. before I can do this social work because all I knew about it was a true Google. So Google has been my best friend for a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I knew that. So I was like, you know what? I can I don't want to wait. I don't want to do sociology. I don't want to do psychology. I really want to like immerse myself in this social work from the start. And I knew yeah. that I can do the career out of it in the long run. And so it was the combination of I wanted it, they didn't have the cost, and then also I wanted a new environment. I really believe that the way that young people were being taught or trained in my country was sort mm-hmm. of like different from what was out there and I wanted to be exposed to other way of thinking and other mm-hmm. ways of doing things I say you know what I rather compare and contrast instead of just being set in my own way and see what can I pick from both um, side and what can I use to be able to create my own path right right yeah I kind of did that as well with my master's I went to school in Europe so I did my first degree in the States and then I went abroad because I wanted something different as well, like another kind of experience in academia. So, and just the, also the um, degrees were different, right? So it was looking at that. So I think that, I mean, that's so brave though for you to be like, okay, my parents, you know, they want me to go in this. They've been encouraging me. They totally support me, but I'm going to just like not do the thing and I'm going to have courage that it's going to work out the way I want it to work out. Like amazing and was that a huge decision do you think that was a turning point in your life yes absolutely yes it was very because like up to that point like people used to laugh at me especially even in high school because another background i don't i don't usually talk about was like in my then i had to like repeat that's the college repeat but it's like you have to stay a year back so when i was my freshman in high school i transferred from a public school to a private school because things were so bad like sometimes out of like eight teachers we're supposed to have in a year my only have four teachers and we still have to sit for the same exam and we still have to pass so my parents was like this is enough you cannot continue in this route so they moved me to another school but by the time my resort and everything moved over I was like a semester behind so I had two semester left and they were still going to grade me across three semesters they didn't care that I was coming in a semester behind so at the end of the day I didn't pass I had to pass seven subjects out of nine to move on Uh to the next level and I only passed six like to just one point away from passing the second and so that was also something that sort of like broke my self-esteem at that point as well but right. like I said, my family was so important and my parents were like you know what we believe in you we know that you're you always study and everything and so people used to when i used to tell people that you know what i don't want to study in my country for my university education they used to laugh at me and they used to call me joseph the dream girl basher <laughs> that <laughs> me that no one in my family has ever traveled outside of my state no wow. one has ever like ever done anything of such that why why do I think it was possible? So I think that also really motivated me. Like I said, the books and those individuals, I call them the fabulous five. This is <laughs> my fabulous five up to now, like Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Mother yes. Teresa, all the books. And, and so those people really encouraged me and Ben Carlson reading his story, like, the, and, and just, just like all of those things. And I just kept believing that it was possible for me that if, if they couldn't do it with nothing and with the resources they had then then nothing was going to stop me from being able to make that happen so i think yes that was a big turning point for me because a lot of people that were saying that it was not possible 
now they saw that it was possible. And so that was something that really also helped boost my self-esteem because up to that point, I was still struggling with like, oh, am I good enough? Am I just right. a failure? Am I a dollar? I'm not brilliant and those kind of things. So being able to sit for such TOEFL, pass those examinations, apply to first school, get into all four, that totally just gave me a different set of like, believe that I was possible and that my dreams were not just um, irrelevant, that it could happen. And so definitely that was a big um, turnaround for me for good. Yeah. So you got, you got into all four schools, so you were able to pick? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. I went to an all-female school, <laughs> which was so fun. We're like, of all schools we couldn't go to, but I loved it. I didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, so you enjoyed it. But the, I mean, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I love that because even in a town like, or a time when you're saying, um, you know, you go into the school, it could, it really crossed your self-esteem because you had to, you know, hold back another year. And, but because you had those fabulous five, you had those, you know what I mean? Your parents rooting for you and you really believed it in yourself and you knew there was something better for you that you just still, because so many people, you know, and that's why I think you're like, um, so amazing and inspiring because so many people would have bought into that negative narrative, right? And I know this was just the way it is, right? And most people do that, but because you had these other things around you, these other like virtual mentors and your parents, you were able to keep pushing no matter what. So I think that's just a oh, man. Now I know so much more about you and it totally explains your character. <laughs> it's really cool because you're so committed and you're just like on fire, you know, for what you believe in. So, yeah, so let's go ahead and fast forward. So then you went to school and then, so then you were like, I need to also help other people back home. And that's when you opened your nonprofit. Absolutely. Yes. Because like the drive has always been there because the thing was, I still kept in touch with my friends that I left high school with. And the same thing was repeating itself over and it was even getting worse. A lot of them they were having strike like more than six months. They were out of school doing nothing. Uh-huh. And, that, uh-huh. and then like things were not changing. The education system was going downward, not forward or improving. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I have to, like, and then one thing I learned at my university, then the, the president, her name was President Caroline Whitson. And she said, leadership was not a position you owed, but the difference you make at whatever point you find yourself. And that stuck with me. It's like, I don't have to wait until I am the president. Because that's what we were taught when we were growing up in my country. Like, oh, you have to have a lot of money. You have to have a big position before you can make change happen. But while I was here in the, in the university and doing my bachelor's, but it was a different entirely. I saw young people doing great things and it didn't matter whether they had a position or not. It was just like passion and their drive that I was going through. And so I realized that, you know what, I don't have to wait until I finish my education before I say, oh, now I'm ready to help. That what can I do right now with what I have with support and collaboration from other people who are like-minded, who have the passion for what, what I care about, and let's see what we can make happen. And so I started designing the program or the ideas of it at the at, at, during my senior um, year in, mm-hmm. for my undergraduate and then once I only had a summer break and then I had to start my master's and so it was during my master's I was like you know what I'm now going to really do like we didn't have to do a thesis a thesis but we, we couldn't create whatever we wanted and so I was like you know what that was going to be my own project is to like design and create a program that was evidence-based because that was one of the biggest things that we were taught was like don't just do something out of passion like check with the community you're trying to help is this really needed 
what what has been done, what has not been done, what has caused this not to work, if that if if it has been done before, and what can you do better? And so the first half of my um, master's degree was um, sending email back and forth in Nigeria. So we did like um, surveys. We did um, what if, um, fo um, focus group with teachers, with educators, with leaders, with students, with their parents. Like, what are the needs? What are the challenges? What is going on? What would you like to see that is not there? And so based on like over 1,000 feedback that we got wow. through the That's surveys great. and and that was all we now did to now say, you know what, I now have to sort through it for another semester to figure out, okay, now what are the big things that we need to pick up? Three things. If we were to do three things out of all of these big issues, what would they be and what would we represent as an organization? And so that was our Jumpstart Dream Academy was back in a way. So I was still here in the US, but we we're doing all the testing. So I had a group of young people because they were out of school, they were on strike, they've not finished, and they were like, okay, there was nothing they were doing. We were just sitting at home. So you know what? I will you. So I was paying some of them like $5, but to them, that was a lot of money then. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, this I would do it. And they, they had the passion also. So that was like, it was like the best of both worlds. So I was helping them to feel fulfilled, to feel as if their life mattered. At the same time, they were able to like take care of their needs and be able to like go from point A to point B as well. Oh, I love that because yeah, you're looking at doing a focus group and you're able to like connect with these, these people, right? And your partners and being able to at least give them some incentive to go through with the, the study, which is really important, right? So, um, and then what happened? So you, you decided like what was needed for, for that area? What's kind of happening? Yes, so one of, yeah, so one of the things that we decided was like, wait, they needed up with academics because when we look at the national exam they had to sit for, like 90% of them were failing year in, year out. For the past 10 years, there was record that was showing that things were just going down and down and nothing was improving. Then another thing I realized that was missing also was this idea of like character development and like this idea uh -huh. of leadership and service. Because mm -hmm. a lot when we did like a survey to say, oh, what would we like to be in the future and what do you think about like leadership say so, oh if you're a leader you must be a governor you must be a politician you must be a banker like that was the what the young people were telling us about what way leader was and when they think they can lead and then also um the academic situation was really bad because then um before you can graduate high, um, high school you have to sit for a national exam and write about nine subjects and for most of these young ones we have to they have to spend three years in high school right from the freshman year they only had like six teachers that were consistent the other three like in each year like maybe they may have a teacher for physics and chemistry and biology the next year they will not have a teacher for biology they will not have a teacher for physics they will not have a teacher for math and it doesn't matter they have to sit for the same national examination they don't care whether or not they were in school whether they covered the whole curriculum and right. so that was and then also another thing was a lot of them they have good role models to look up to and so that was another thing that was also critical I was like they wish they had someone because most of them would be the first in their family to hopefully finish secondary school and have the chance of going to college and so they didn't have anyone to look up to and then there was this also struggle between is even is education worth it because at the end of the day most people in my country they couldn't get a job after they finish and even if they go to college and so it's like what is even the point of wasting the time and energy if at the end of the day there'll be no job waiting mm -hmm. for me and so it was a combination of a lot of things and so what we decided to do was like you know what these are big problems we cannot address it all at once mm -hmm. and so we created the program to be like a three-year program so we're going to work with them right from when they were in freshman high school freshman mm -hmm. in college once they get accepted into whatever degree path they distribute them into and then mm -hmm. We'll provide that extra support of having them 
have extra academic support and then mm -hmm. also provide leadership training and teach them what does it mean to be a leader what does it mean to build character what does it mean to give back to the community and then last but not the least we decided that we also need to teach them about entrepreneurship social entrepreneurship this idea of like uh, what can you use your, and how can you use technical and vocational education to mm -hmm. learn something and end something so because the truth is even if they do well and they finish academically the chance of going to college is so slim because there is no scholarship there is no loan for most of them like it is here in the u.s that you can just get a loan and get scholarship to go to college no way it's either your parents have to plan for it and if they don't plan for it then you're on your own and so we realized that we have to start helping them think about that like, okay what if yeah. college is not for you right now for the next two years what does that look like what can you do instead of just sitting around i do and so we started teaching them about technical and vocational training and like some business training so you know what what if you learn how to braid hair what if you learn how to do makeup what if you learn how to sew a clothes what if you learn how to do computer ict and start developing those training so that even if you finish your high school and you can get a job you have some skill set you can use to earn and then save towards that college later in the like in the next one year or in the next two years. And so those are the core things that we focused on and we, we started doing. And then we also had mentors who they can talk to and just um, be able to like say, you know what, I'm struggling with this. Will you be able to call me or come and speak to me at the center and just have a talk to say, okay, these are my challenges. How can I go about it? And how can I ensure that it doesn't derail my success or my pathway? as I keep growing as well. And so it was a lot of things. And we realized that if we did one and we left out the rest, it was still going to be imbalanced. And so we realized that we had to do all of it at different points in time across the three years that we had the student with us. And so that was what we did. So the first year was mostly focused on the academics right. because most of them, when they come into our program, they were either D student, F student. We took our students somewhere, B somewhere, just mm -hmm. doing okay. And then the goal was that after six months, they will have increased their grade. Then after mm -hmm. a year, they will have at least jumped two grade. And we saw that happening as well. Then the second year, and during that period, we're still on Saturdays, we did the leadership training with them. So for two hours, they'll come together, learn from people, and, and then watch videos or movies like like about the lives of different people, like my family of five, or even like the B, like any inspiring movies that about children or young people that build character will find right. it and we'll have a discussion after either what did they learn, what did they see, that in spite of the child's struggle, how did she make it true? And just let them explore those questions and see for themselves that it was possible for them to rise be beyond any situation they were part of and then so we did that as well with them and then in the second year that was when we now started them on learning a trade and like okay. building that trade skill. so once we know that their academics have improved because we still wanted to focus on that we didn't want to say oh we don't need education we need education but at the same time we need something extra so we started them first with academics and getting that right and then mm -hmm. gradually we moved them onto the um technical and vocational education and training as well that's so well-rounded. I mean, that's an amazing program. And like, even throughout this time, have some of the schools gone back on strike, but you've continued to work with them on their academics so then they don't fall behind? Yes, absolutely. And they love that because the 
truth was even if the school or the system was down we were always on and so they knew that we were different that no matter what happens but if there's an issue with their school they, they have a place to come to a lot of them also in their schools they didn't have library and in my state even up to now we don't have a state library or, or a, a a a city or library or anything so we we, we found that we had a big room that was just about library so if they just want to come and read whether it's fictional academic they had access nice. to books and those kind of things as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And how many um, people have gone, or students have gone through the program so far? So we've had over a thousand now that I've wow. gone through. Like it's just, yeah, like I look back and it's so crazy. Like most of them, some of them have even graduated college. Some are wow. really some are working now, some are doing some business things or social entrepreneurship things. And it's just really incredible to see like these young ones. Like I was looking at pictures some days ago and I'm like, I cannot believe it. That we were so young and so, <laughs> and like, it's so beautiful to see their progression and to see the change that they didn't believe in themselves. And now they're like leaders in their own right, in their own community, in their own school, at their own university. And those that have graduated now, they are like, they are finished, um, college and now they're exploring careers and those kind of things and it's just i still have some of them that i keep in touch on a whatsapp group and yeah. just check in yeah. like we just and do like even sometimes we do some virtual training even despite this COVID 19 to say you know yeah. what they're bringing somebody to come and speak to you about whatever topic they want us to discuss but yeah it has been absolutely amazing to be able to wow. do that and just see the growth and see the change and like yeah absolutely that's so cool. So, and that's, once again, that's a Jumpstart Dream Academy, and I'll definitely mm -hmm. put a link in the show notes. So you guys please check it out if you want more information about the nonprofit yeah. that Tella started um, and continues to run. So that kind of, like, that gave you the experience then to figure out, okay, this is how a nonprofit runs. Like, we need to find funding. We need to do everything, other things, you know, to make it actually work. Is that mm -hmm. what got you interested then in opening the funding magnet? Absolutely, yes, because I realized that, so... Like I said, between 2012 and 2000, yeah, up to 2016, I was the grant writer, the CEO, the mentor. I was doing a lot of things. And I still had team I have some team members, but I still had to be the one responsible for the structure, the funding, and everything. And I realized that a lot of nonprofits, especially like funders, they start out of passion, not because they, I was lucky that I got the training and I had the educational background to sort of back me up. But for most people who are starting out, it was out, born out of a need, out of a passion, out of right. a problem that they realize that I want to solve. So sometimes they're not equipped with the right um, skill set to mm -hmm. enable them to run something sustainable and profitable. And I also had my challenges. I would not like when I was starting, like at one point I was borrowing money, using all my savings because oh, what, yeah. we were relying on only one source of income. And then when something happened and it, 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 it didn't come true, we were stuck. And we had like over 250 families relying on us. And I'm like, I cannot just close this down and say, sorry, there's, that's the end of our program. And so that really taxed me. So for one year, I sort of committed my own personal funding. And like mm -hmm. my mom was tired of me borrowing money from her. <laughs> and I was working from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day. And she's like, oh, I don't no. understand. You keep giving. You don't have time for yourself. You're not getting paid. You're borrowing money. Why, why, why? Like, yeah. wouldn't you go and do something better? And so all of those experiences and all of the things I went through, the mistakes I made and the correction I was able to do after all really helped me to like, say, you know what, this is the big need. And I started 
mentoring some young ones who were also trying to start their own nonprofit because everybody was asking us, can you come to our state? Can you come to our country? Can you yeah. I'm like, no, like we are still, we're still figuring ourselves out. And I really believe that it's not about one size fit all. You have to really right. understand the context of where you're doing. So I didn't want the kind of program that said, oh, let's just use it in another state without even exploring what is their own problem or what is their need. It might look good on paper because it's working for us where we are, but that is something that can easily translate to another country. Right. Right? So we're getting requests yeah. from Ghana, from Cote d'Ivoire, from all over the, the country saying, please help us come and do it now. And so I, what I said, I was like, no, I'll just mentor you and give you ideas of what you can do and how you can get started. And so other people started, started their own little project or their own, um, what they call programs as well. But I realized at the end of the day, we'll keep coming. We need funding. How do we fund it? How do you fund yours? How do you, and so that all of those questions were coming up or like structure. How do you help your team? How do you get committed members? How do you monitor? How do you evaluate? And I realized that so many people, they don't have the skill set. They don't understand all of these things and all of these behind the scenes things that we had to do to be able to do this work and do it effectively and do it well. And so that sort of like now created a new passion in me that you know what it's not enough for me to have my own organization and be doing well we still need this sector we, because the truth is like in spite of what the government is doing anywhere across the country or even across the world we still need people who are be who will be able to do this work because it's never going to be enough and so i was like you know what? i want to equip other people other mm -hmm. funders who may not necessarily have the background or the experience that i have had and just ensure that it's possible to run a sustainable and a profitable one but there are some principles that you have to do and there's some step you have to take to ensure that it can happen and so that was sort of what um created that for me was because i was tired of hearing all of these sad stories of like oh they started and now they have to stop or right. things didn't go well and so it's just like and i'm like it is possible it's not impossible yeah. yes it would take some taxing it would take some of your investments but it can happen and it's worth it and so mm -hmm. and then i was tired of all people reporting oh, we up five thousand people when in the true sense they maybe only five or ten people or 100 lives were really changed and so like yeah. all of those kind of things sort of like just really but this passion of like, you know what? I want to help people run profitable and sustainable charities. I, I know that it is possible. And it, it, I have done it. I struggled. And I'm, I'm happy to share all of my own um, mistakes and all the things I did to correct it as well. And just mm -hmm. like saying, you know what? It is not impossible, but it's going to take some things from you. But at the end of the day, you can look back and say, you know what? I'm so glad I continue on this path. And I, I'm so glad I asked for the help that I needed to make it happen and so that was how the passion um um was like came up for me and i was like you know what i need to create um a different agency that sort of mm -hmm. help younger non-profits to just grow them and help them to create the right structure and the right mm -hmm. setting to just effectively grow and develop so that they can do this wonderful work because we need them there it's like what the bible says that the um harvest is a lot but the laborers are few and so there's so many people that need the help but yes. not enough of people doing this work and doing it well and for mm -hmm. those that are doing it now i don't want them to give up i don't want them to feel so dejected to say you know what i can do it it's too hard and like it's yes it might be it's challenging but it's it is worth it and you can do it well and you can try and so that's sort of what the funding magnet is about it's like you know what i will help you to attract everything you need help you to find train you and teach you on how to be able to do this and do it well and continue to do this wonderful work that you are doing
Right. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. And you do that a lot through, you have different uh, digital products and then you also do services. So like direct service work with people so they can hire you as a consultant to do that. So those are different ways that you can definitely help. And, um, and just as a quick shout out too, you're also giving all the listeners here today um, a free downloadable, which is the grant funding made easy. Did you just want to talk about that real quick? Absolutely. So one of the things I keep hearing, like in, cause I've con- in the past four months, mm-hmm. I've spoken to like more than like 300 nonprofit funders across 25 wow. countries. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing that I keep hearing from France to um, South Africa to the, even in the U.S. to Nigeria to Taz- Tanzania to Ethiopia to Uganda. It's the same yeah. question of like, or oh, even the U.K. is like, I don't know how to apply. I know that there are grants out there, but yeah. I don't know. Every time I apply, I don't get it or I don't even know which one is right for me. And so that sort of like um, inspired me to sort of create a guide. And so what I started with was to have like, Three, um, three to five major tips of like, before you even apply for any grant, what do you need to do? And because right. a lot of people, they see grant and then they run to it and say, let me just apply. And it's like, no, have you no. even identified <laughs> if they are the right funder for you? Does your mission and what they want you to do, does it align together? Um, have you even taken the time to understand what is in the proposal, what is required? Do you have all the documents, all the requirements that you need beyond just writing the proposal? There are other little, little things that is required. Have you registered right? Do you have your financial statement? Those kind of things. Because a lot of people, they don't think about that. Just think, grant money. Oh, let me right. just apply. And then they waste their time and their energy. Then at the end of this, like, why did I... Why did they say no? And like, like it's, it goes back to the beginning. Did you check and did you do your due diligence to make sure that you are a perfect fit for them as well? And so that was sort of what I'm back. That's, you know what? I keep hearing this question over and over again. And I'm sort of like tired of like having to explain to say, this is what you need to do. So I was like, no, what, why not just write it down? That's and right. Have a checklist of what you need to check for before you even write again. Then beyond that, I took it a step further. So I, I found five different grant opportunity that anyone anywhere in the world, like whether in the US or in even and even for individuals, even for businesses and even for nonprofits, you can apply to which and then like and you have the link, you have the name, you have nice. the amount of money that might be awarded as well. So and you're kind of like here's like, the low hanging fruit or something that you can at least start with. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and so that was what sort of like back that and i was like you know what you use this guide if you follow it your mm-hmm. chance of getting a grant is going to be definitely higher than if you were having um failures before in the past and so that was what yeah. was the genesis for that i love it yeah so you guys can definitely um, visit the show notes um so you can get that free downloadable and usually it's 30 dollars. so definitely do grab that um so thank you so much tella for that um and then yeah also um well, i just wanted to touch base uh also that we met originally because you enrolled for um, my freelance grant writing master course the beta. so it was when i first was developing it i was like i had a beta course available so you jumped in on that and you kind of went back and forth on it a, a little bit. I remember this because I had an application process in the beginning. You're like, you know what? I, I just can't do this right now at this time, but I'm interested. And then you like came back right before it closed and you're like, forget it. I'm doing this. <laughs> so I think that goes back to your like, I'm going to do things even if it like, <laughs> you got to like, one of those, like, I'm going to do things and it's going to happen. So is that kind of like what the process was for you on making that decision? Because I think that was just so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So so um, the background story was like, I, like I said, I've been doing freelance and everything, but I was thinking of starting full-time the Fundamagnet. And for yeah. me, I really believe in learning. And I didn't think that 
just because I had some knowledge and educational background, I felt like maybe some of the things I knew, there might be newer things and that some things might be outdated. And for me to be mm -hmm. my be the best for my clients or my potential clients, I figured that it was best for me to invest in um, something that will help me upgrade my skill set. Even if it's something that I've learned before, it's just right. going to like refresh and get that going. And so when um, I um, came across the class and everything, I was like, this is perfect for me. I need this. And then it was like, oh my God, the investments, like, oh Jesus. And just even <laughs> a lot at that point. And I'm like, oh yeah. God, this is like something that I'm just starting out. I'm still in school. Like I said, right. then I was still doing my PhD. And I was like, things were a bit tight. And I was like, you know what? what's like i really want this this is going to be good for me this is going to help me and this is going to help my clients in the future and so yes it was that process of like oh this is so good let me do it i was like oh the investment and that's i think that's the problem with some non-profit funder is like we know that it's good for us but we're like yeah. oh god i don't think it's what but i can tell you I am so, like, that was the best, like, decision I made in 2019, like, I will not even lie, like, it has totally helped me, and, like, the, what it has brought my way, and, like, so much, like, I, like, even the, the amount that Ollie was charging, like, I think she should have times five, it, it will have been worth it, because that was, like, it totally changed everything for me, my business, then I was still struggling, no matter what I did, I was not really getting clients and everything, but Ollie just bared her heart out like it's you know like some people they will have a method that works and they don't want to share it with you and say you know what let me just give you a little bit but Ollie mm -hmm. was like let me give you everything yeah, so like, here it is like it was so much and like and just so valuable when she made it like in a way that we could like digest it and like keep going back to it and take what we need at whatever point we needed it at the same time and so yes even though at that point it was a big investment to me i am so glad that i finally said you know what I am going to do this because for me, I, I believe I'm a learner. I, I even took a, the strength fighter like a month ago and mm -hmm. that was still like, I am a learner. I really oh, believe yeah. in learning and then using that knowledge and applying it to help myself or to help my client be better. Right. So absolutely, like that was like the yeah. best decision I made and like I'm so grateful. Like, and if, you, if you've not taken it, please go and get it. Oh. Now. <laughs> well, how, how much has that, because you invested in it and it's not cheap. That's my highest price. <laughs> one and even at the beta price that was like 9.97 so it's a huge price and i get it but you know what i saw was people can have a really high return on investment for this so for you personally like what's your what's your return on investment been have you made so, back? as of now i've made mm -hmm. over fifteen thousand. Yay! <laughs> so like it has been like and then the beauty was that like 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 i said only showed us so many different ways, even whether you're a non-profit or you're a freelance or a consultant, it, it is what it's like, because you get the best of both worlds. Like, especially if you're a non-profit and you're thinking of how, what, um, how can I diversify my stream of income? Like everything you need to know is there as well. And then if you are also a consultant, you're like, you know what? I don't just want to give do the service alone. Like it's taking too much of my time. What else can I do? Like she taught me how to create digital product, like passive things that even if I'm sleeping, I can still end from it and how to set it up and those kind of things as well. And so with a combination of that, so I really have like three core like digital product that product that I've had, but through them like consistently even if i don't like it's just set up on my store like on my online store and then people can have access to it and and go um purchase them and then when i have clients as well i i can say you know what i really want to work with three clients this month and this mm -hmm. is what it will look like or i only want to work with two and so even if i'm not doing a lot of like done for you services 
due to the digital product, the consulting that I've built into it, that is also like always like reoccurring revenue streams that are coming as well. So if right. you're still like on the on the <laughs> what on the fence, go and do it now because I really think <laughs> only should like double that price Aww. that is it is right now because it is way worth yeah. it. And I'm so glad because yes, Ollie was right. I was like, she lie, she lie not. I'll email her and say this, and then I was like, oh no, and then I'll email her again. Like, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm because so it's. Glad I did it. Yeah. I mean, you just, you had so much growth. And I think a lot of what I've seen too, is like you said, you were able to identify and really get clear on what you're offering. And now you're making money while you sleep, which is fantastic. Like you're still making money in person to person things, but you're developing products that create revenue for you that, out, you know what I mean? Like while you're spending time with your kids, like while you're doing the thing important to you and your life or on your nonprofit. Right. So, and I know we also, we worked um, together on ideas on how to help your nonprofit as well. So I, um, we worked together on some great ways to come up with revenue for them. So you're able to also get money for your nonprofit through this, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that was about reaching out to your partnerships, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. But sorry, repeat that again. When, when you, yeah, for reaching out to your partnerships to be able to raise money for your nonprofit. Yes, yes, yeah. That was another thing. Yes. So part of the cost, like which I think is like a lot was Ellie also gave us opportunity to do one on one with her beyond yeah. just all the cost materials and everything. And so what we focused on for my was on like how do I raise more partnership and like um get the best of both worlds. And so through that, like within the even it was like less than two weeks or so that was said the cost i got a five thousand dollar commitment based on what yeah. ollie told me to do and share with me so even if you're not taking the cost if you just need an, an hour concert with ollie do it like it is what <laughs> last week I, I, I did one with you right last week so me i keep coming yeah. back for her because everything she says like it's always golden and it works and it's Aww, the investments you. that you do like it's much more than what you get if you apply what she tells you to do. And so absolutely. And so it was just really, really great to see that tribe. And then now, like some of the things that she shared with me and the ideas that I am using to work for my own nonprofit. So when nonprofit comes to me now, I, because I've done it, I've tested it, I've yes. it and created my own framework around it. I can now help my client to be better. But if she didn't open my eyes or push me towards that, or if I didn't take that course, I'll still be like, sort of like struggling and then being in like the rat in the wheel that is just going round and round in circle without <laughs> any direction in a way. And so like, it was just like so many light bulb moments that occurred during that period and having that cost and being able to work with Ollie and just um, hearing from our own world of experience. I'm like, you know what? I want to be like her when I grow up. Like I'm not there yet. <laughs> like, she's like, no, as you say, like I have the fab six now. It's no longer fab five. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a five, six now. So all is now part of them too. And so, well, I want to be like you too. Like you're amazing. Like throughout this whole process, you finished your dissertation and became a doctor. Like that's so impressive to me. And you're, you know, you're, you have a family, you have young kids, you're, you have a nonprofit and you're still so passionate about it. Cause you're like, okay, I want to work on my business, but I also need to work on this. So we were like, okay, let's do low hanging fruit. Let's see who your partners already are. Let's do a quick uh, fundraising challenge. And then, like you said, within two weeks after, you know, we talked for 30 minutes or for an hour, bam, within $5,000. Cause you had all of the things there. It just wasn't like connecting, right? Like it wasn't the strategy in place, but it was like, let's just create this strategy and then do it. And then even with your own business, it's the same thing. You have all this drive, you have 
platforms, but it was like, but you have so many things going on. It's, it's a little, it's not all together. So let's just bring it together and really be clear. And then you're able just to spin it like that, which was fantastic. And I think another thing, um, I hope you kind of can talk about this a little bit, because I think it's so important. And it goes back to maybe that, that time where, you know, maybe you didn't, you had to stay back another year. And it's the same thing like charging, right? A lot of times I'm like, you got to charge more. You got to charge more Della, like for what you're offering. You have so much to offer the world. And I know it's hard. And I want you to speak about this for a little bit because um, people, a lot of people come to me that are freelance grant writers and they're like, but the nonprofits I want to work with are they're the startup nonprofits and they don't have any money. So should I just do free services or should I charge really low? Can you kind of talk about that? Because I think I've seen a lot of Yes. Yeah, this is very important. And like I said, Olya has really grown my muscle in being able. I'm still not there. Like, cause like, like you said, she's like, you still have to charge more. But I'm like, you know what, Olya, just give me some time. Can you keep growing this muscle? <laughs> but absolutely, this is what I've seen. I've noticed something. It's like people don't really place value on if you give everything for free. So I'll give you an example. So I used to like, and thanks, Olya was one that helped me stop this habit, so, which mm-hmm. was not like so. I, like I used to like give like free thirty minute consultation that I would like. Like I wake up at four a.m. Like no, no, I normally no. I wake up at two thirty a.m. But I take some time out to myself and plan my day. Then by four a.m. I start picking calls or calling people that have scheduled calls with me. And some will pick and then only like ten percent do not answer the call. And later they'll say, "Oh, sorry, I was busy." I'm like, "I'm like, no, I don't have any time for you again." But anyways, right. So, but the thing mm-hmm. is, that I did a survey afterward because I always like to like like I'm a researcher I to say, okay. Yeah. Now that you've had the call with me, I've given you some, and then I, I don't hold back. Like the way Oli taught me, I give them so much good things because I understand what they're going through. Like I ask questions to say, okay, what have you tried? What have you not tried? And through that, then I will have done some research before they even get on the call with me and myself to say, okay, right. I, I have an understanding and everything. Then guess what? 90% of these people, they didn't do it. Not because they don't oh. have new knowledge. But, and then before then, they will come to you. I have this problem. I have this challenge. But then I spent my own time, like somebody did the calculation for me and said, see the, how much of money you're wasting each year. <laughs> but yeah. I don't want to look at it that way. But, the, but that was interesting to me. Like, are you kidding me? That you said you have this problem. I came up with a strategy that can actually work if you yeah. actually applied it. And then they did not apply. They just disappear. Like, totally ghosted you. <laughs> <laughs> and then so that sort of like made me realize, that, you know what? And like anyone that is really serious and they want their nonprofit to work, it is an investment. And like I said, when yeah. even though all this cost was nine ninety seven, then it looked like the word to me. Like it was, it was like, yeah. oh my god, this is like a million in a way. But I pushed myself. I know, I know that this is what it. I know that in the long run, and now see the see the um, results now. I've earned more than fifteen thousand, which honestly I believe that without it, I will not even be here or anything. And mm-hmm. so. It, it, it is an investment. So you have to help them realize what are they missing out of right. if they don't invest in you. Yeah. So and then because it was, so much, it was so much to you, right? Because it is a high price. Exactly. It's let me give you people show up. Yeah. Because, exactly. it's, because it's that price, people will show up, they'll do it, then they'll actually make the return. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Like you have to hold them accountable to their dream, to their goals, That's to right. what they say they really want. Because some people I realize is like, they say they want something, 
but really do they really really want it and so it's like it's not enough to want it like are they going to do what they need to do because to, to yeah. actually make it happen because like i said it's not just easy just because we're grand writer we're consultant doesn't mean that just because you hire us or your problem is solved no there are still some things that you have to do on your part to work together with us we're a team to make it happen if we do have part and you don't do your part then you might not get the result that you want. So let me give you an example. I had a client that apparently for the for five years, she has been running a non-profit all by herself. No one has ever funded her, a board non-existence. Wow. No matter the grant she applied to, nothing, nothing. So she decided, you know what, I'm going to make this investment. And so mm-hmm. she signed up for a three-month um, contract with me, saying, you know what, for the next three months, help me. Because I always tell people, don't expect anything until after 90 days. I don't lie. And so, you know what? Oh, within two weeks that you hire me, things are going to be great. Right. No, I tell them it takes time. To yourself give me 90 days at least before you can start getting the result. But guess what? Last week, um, Friday, I saw an email message on my Facebook saying that, oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? So I gave her a call and said, oh, what's happening? She was like, you know what? I've been waiting to share this news with you. Guess what? Just the, um, what she told me to apply we have had now three people committed to giving me 1500 that has never happened and they were writing out the check so mm-hmm. in less than one month and that was just like a bonus offer that i gave her that was not even the core offer that wow. i'm working on we're still, that those are still um in the process and we're waiting for the result she was able to get four thousand five hundred dollars back and That's that was amazing. like thanks more than the investment she's paying me per month and i'm like see see like i'm like it is what it's like mm-hmm. if you do it and if you apply those steps so if yeah. you know that these people are good and they are they, they know what they have what you need don't be afraid to make that investment they will not like you and that's the thing i tell right. you that's why i like to have an application or like like all your students to say are you right for me am i right for you if i yeah. think that you're not right for me i'll show you to other people say i think you should go work with this person or you should go talk right. to this person or you should take this course so the mm-hmm. point is not to take your money like honestly right. the value of what we give you is mm-hmm. more than the money that you can ever pay us but we do it because of the joy we do it because yeah. we want to help this sector grow and we know that you people are valuable and important to this sector and this yeah. is how we can support you with our strength with our with our expertise yeah. and encourage you and just keep you going in that path and let you not worry about mm-hmm. those set of things that give you headache but for us it gives us joy to do it and so and taking those headaches from you so that you can really focus on the mission and the vision and do what yeah. you love and take away the ones that gives you headache and we do that yeah. because it gives us joy and so no matter what the investment might be it is what it it is in your best yeah. interest and i tell people like think of it as running like a, a, a for-profit business that's how you should think of running a non-profit don't just think because it's in the non-profit sector everything should be free mm-hmm. everything should be um low quality everything should be undervalued no you're not going to you're not doing yourself or the people that you're serving any good by thinking that way that by right. by um reflecting that way and saying no i'm not going to invest mm-hmm. it's garbage in garbage out if you invest in a ten dollar grant writer per hour the results you might get might not be great but right. according to research it shows that if you actually invest in the right grant writer or the grant writing services your result is like times five that's what the mm-hmm. research is showing as of last year that you get times five return so it is an investment see it has something that is valuable that can produce right. more than you can ever imagine in the long run but in the beginning mm-hmm. it will cost you something we are not going to lie about that and say that oh but it right. is going to be worth it that and the thing is, is um 
that that woman who signed up with you and invested, she would have just done a, the free thing or, you know, how you talked about you're doing all these free services. You're saying based on the research, then 90% would show up. So she might not have even in, in done the strategies you had taught her to do, right? So that's the thing that's like investing um, really makes people show up. Right. If they're not investing, like you said, you're investing all your time waking up, you know, before four in the morning to get ready for these free um, uh, consultation calls. And then the people not even showing up or they're not taking, you know, they're not even getting back to you because they just don't have value in it if it's free. Like a lot of people don't. So it's really using that psychology to say, like, you know, I'm going to charge. And plus, it's your time. You are waking up and you are putting your time into this and you could be doing something else right so I think that's really important to say it's your time and you're showing up for it and one thing you know I go back to um, when I was just doing um, consultation for free to you know you're getting to know you kind of things your discovery calls and I'd have to sometimes pay for a babysitter for my daughter you know I'd have to do all these other things and you know and I had to invest my time I was saying no to potentially working on something that came in for money and saying yes to something that was free and nine times out of the time you ten like you they wouldn't show up they would be late they wouldn't respect me but as soon as I started charging for that I yes I had fewer people sign up for it but I had the right people and they respected it and then I showed up 110 percent so that's what I always tell you guys too is you know you have to understand where you feel comfortable in charging of course right it's not just like everyone should charge like a thousand dollars like you know what I mean but at the same time it's like you need to still let them have show you that you have value so it's almost like for them to show, you know, to feel like they can show up and that you would show up too. What's it going to cost mm -hmm. you to show up 110% to that meeting, right? And I even say on those discovery calls, you can always just roll in. You can tell them if you decide to hire me, I can roll that amount in. So then it can become quote unquote free, but it's still investing into that product and it's investing into absolutely. your initially. If it doesn't absolutely. work out, you've, you've gained something. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like, because when I did it, somebody emailed me back to say, but this is unfair. How can you be charging us? We are in the nonprofit sector. So I did exactly oh, yeah. that. Same. You'll get some of those. Like, I should have been this COVID-19 and everything. Like I still, like, cause now that there are no, my children cannot go to daycare. I have mm -hmm. somebody in my um, apartment complex that can come to watch them. That's still $30 an hour. So imagine yeah. having like four hours of call back to back. Cause usually sometimes I might have 12 calls in a day. And then mm -hmm. let's say eight of them show up. And then at the end of the day, now finding out that they didn't even bother to apply it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I paid yeah. somebody to watch. I could have spent that quality time with my kid. I yeah. could have just like study or catch up on the training or the yeah. courses that I'm trying to use to do professional development. So, you know, and so like that really just opened my saying, you know what, if you really want it, if you really desire it, nothing is going to stop you to do whatever it takes to get it. And when you do it and when you show up for it, then things are going to work out in one way or form to help you make sure you get that return on your investment. But mm -hmm. most people, like I said, sometimes they're not ready for what they want. They think they mm -hmm. want it and they think, and then when you say, okay, this is the way, let me help you, or this is the price for it, they run away and say, oh, no way. I don't want this price for the price that I want. So it's like, what price? P-R-I-C-E, you pay for the price. P-R-I-Z-E. So there is mm -hmm. always going to be a cost. It might not be every time money, but it might be yeah. time, it might be, but you need to be willing to show up for it and do it as well and know that 
yes, we love this sector. We want to help you. The best way we can do that is to hold you accountable to that dream and help show you that we're not lying to you to say, oh, we'll do it for free. When we know that in all instances, we're not showing up as 100% or we're not showing yeah. up the best way we can to help you. So yeah, absolutely. So it's really important that you should invest in yourself. You should invest in your growth development. And the research shows the more nonprofit that invest in their fundraising efforts, whether through hiring a grant writer or consulting someone to help them, you get a lot of, you will get the return back if you do it, right. but you always get the return back. Always That's just return. You yeah. And then how do you feel? Because this might be some of the fear too of people to say, well, if I charge, then nobody's going to you know, nobody's going to hire me or do you feel like you have fewer clients now or do you have more clients now that you're charging more? Actually, like this is, I love where I am right now. So I will be honest, like last month was like the biggest time that I had like a lot of like most of the chunk of the money. Like you said, like I have two young children. So mm -hmm. it has been like some, and then with the digital product and everything. So in last month I was able to bring in over 10,000 and just through just four clients. So that's amazing. That's, that was May of 2020 when and, people and that are... was just for the month of May alone. That was yeah. only, like I said, my clients are three month contract. So that means like every single month at least that is guaranteed. Or like that's that. amazing. Mm -hmm. And so it's so it's not about the big number of people. It's mm -hmm. it's about who are the right people for you, the right fit for you that you know that they will do their part. And when you yeah. do your part, the result is going to be exponential. And then also the digital product. So that's another. So even while you're waiting for these big one-time or contract kind of done for you services, work on your digital product. Work on those smaller low tickets, but they can be reoccurring and keep coming over and over again that you can now use. And then who knows, you can make... 10,000, 20,000 out of those digital products if you do it right and you market it right. And so even while you're waiting for those big ticket um, clients or people to come, don't think that, oh, it's a waste or like, oh, your time, you're not um, getting anything. Work on other parts of your businesses. Start thinking, okay, what other outreach where can i go to who can i uh, what services is a need that i can create that does not require my time or my energy and can mm -hmm. keep bringing in this income over and over again so that's something i did while i was waiting for this because like i said it was not easy at first i was like like let me go back to the free calls let me do it for free again and just feel as if i'm doing something that i'm <laughs> useful but i have to say no like i have to like catch myself saying no you need yes. to mm -hmm. another part of your business that you've been like you've not been paying attention to i need to yeah. restructure different things and everything and then start creating the digital product that i know that will be valuable and that i can always market even if maybe they did the call and they didn't want the full big service i can say you know we can start with this digital low ticket yeah. and apply it if it works for you they will always come back to you for the big one like well, if this small one can bring me this return what will happen if i actually sign up for this i ticket one that she's offering me as well and so that's what i would say is like don't think that oh because it's not like it will happen but yeah. just stay consistent keep working mm -hmm. on yourself keep working on your business take training that's what i've been doing like yesterday and mm -hmm. today i spent time like watching a, a whole brand new training and just like trying to upgrade my skill set and mm -hmm. those kind of things and it has been a joy i love it i'm like now i don't have to wake up if i don't want to wake up at 2 30 a.m i don't i still do but it's not because oh <laughs> i'm crazy. trying to some, no it's like because of the joy of like i just want to keep that as an habit and just because right. like i said i have on the two children on the four and so yeah. if they wake up or things can yeah. break loose so i'm like let me do all i can do before when they wake sleeping. up and that way 
yeah. even if things happen during the day that I didn't plan for, I won't feel bad because I've done most of the things I need to do right. to have a good day in the long run. Right. But yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. Now you have fewer clients, but you have more money coming in and you have more time with your kids and you have more time to focus on what you love. So I, I mean, that's, that's amazing that you've been able to implement all of these strategies and say, this is how it's working for me. And now you're, you know, you're like, okay, I'm at 15 grand, but I have two more months where I have guaranteed money's coming in the door. Plus I have additional products and then I can get more clients if I want. So i now you have more freedom and you have more resources showing up. So I just, man, that, that's so exciting. I'm so excited and I'm so proud of you. I really am. Yeah, I know what it takes. Like, it's not easy for one just being a mom in general. And then, you know, even this pandemic, it's like, you know, you're saying May's your best month where, you know, a lot of people who haven't really taken a hold of their lives, you know, they're, they're out of jobs now and they don't really know how to deal with this. So you've been setting yourself up. So no matter what happens in your environment, you are able to take care of your family. And I just, I really commend you on that. So I know it's taking a lot, but man, you're such an inspiration. So I appreciate you, Thank you. so much. And I'm so glad you're, yeah. you're in my course and you're in my membership and we, we're just staying um, a part of this because I just can't wait to see you grow more and more and more. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't trade the membership or the, like I said, like that was like the catalyst for me because I, was, I knew that I've been trying things and things were not working. And for me, I'm like, what's the point of doing the same thing over and over again and still getting the same results? Like if this, right. like, let me just do it. And so even though I was like hesitant in the beginning, I was like, I know this is good for me. I just have to push myself. And I was like, what will it take? And like, once I calculated and say, you know what, this is what it's going to cost me. Mm -hmm. I, I just went for it. Honestly, sometimes mm -hmm. you just have to push yourself into those things and say, you know what, is either sink or swim? And then you don't know the, yeah. the only way is up. You know, you're not taking the doctor test. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And so, <laughs> so I am so grateful for this. And like, I'm so thankful that my partner, like I said, like she's now part of the fab six because yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, this is for life. Like I cannot even, I like there's no way because like she has really, really helped me. Like, like I said, she doesn't hold back. She will tell you the truth. She will tell you. And it's now up to you to whether apply it or not and do what you have to do. But she will show you the way. She will create the map for you and say, have you done this? Have you tried this? Let's explore this way. And if you do it, you're going to get the result. You will definitely get the Aww. result. So invest in all, whether it's consulting, whether it's any of our courses, your life is going to be changed for, forever and for good. And so do not even hesitate on it. If you're still yeah. on the fence, just do it. I promise you, you are going to, like your results are going to up and up and up and up. Oh, thanks. I, like, I love that advertisement. It's so good. And also with Tala, if you guys are looking for different products, do check out her site, The Funding Magnet. And that's F-R-T-H-E. So The Funding, F-U-N-D-I-N-G. And then Magnet, M-A-G-N-E-T. Right? That's how you spell Magnet? Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get my neck real quick. All right. It's one of those words. Is it really spelled the way you think? Okay. So thefundymagnet.com. Check her out. It's fantastic. Everything she has to offer. And once again, Dr. Tulla, she has the grant funding made easy, downloadable for all of you guys. And she's offering at no cost to all of you guys. And that's because there's a strategy behind that. But uh, definitely it is a $30 product. Do check it out. 
because as she says, I give value, she gives tons of value too, like does not hold back. You will not be disappointed. Do check out everything that she has to offer. And once again, I'm just so excited that you're on the podcast today. I really appreciate you coming on and I hope to have you on again in the future. I'm sure this is going to be a hit. So thank you so much. Any last words? Yes, for those that are in the freelance, so what, do not give up. Like, it might be slow in the beginning and things might not, but keep at it, be consistent, honestly. Just keep showing up for yourself. Keep showing up for your business. Keep showing up for the sector. Just keep doing that. Don't think about, oh, the result, I'm not seeing the result. Every day, keep building that muscle. Keep working on yourself because you never know when, before you know it, the right thing will come your way and that will be the thing that will just, like take you to the next level and do that. And for nonprofits, do not let the idea of because we're nonprofit, then we don't have money. That is um like that is a wrong thinking. And I want to challenge you to change that. I want you to think of it as you have a role to play in this world. So many lives are relying on your work so that they can change their life for good so that they can live a good life so that their communities can be transformed for good what the, will it take for you to do it and do it well and ensure the generations to come will thank you because of you because of your work because of your service and so think about that think about the legacy you're going to leave behind and when you look at your legacy and when it might look scary and big but know that it's possible and how you make it possible is asking for help like getting people to help you and figure out what is the pathway what is the right pathway for my organization to be able to do this amazing work and do it well and so just know that there is a lot of things out there for you there's abundance that was one thing else that only taught me was abundance like there is so much irrespective of what is going on in the community in the environment in the society believe it that there is abundance out there even for the freelance um, individuals as well there is the right kind of help there for you the right grant for the nonprofits are out there for you everything you need to do this work well to excel to be successful to be fully funded to operate in surplus you can have it it is possible it's not a pipe dream and it mm -hmm. can happen but it might take some time it might take some investment it might cost you something but in the long run it's going to worth it so do not give up thank you for showing up for this sector thank you for the amazing like champions and change agent that you have and we're so grateful and we're so lucky to have you and do this work and we just want to thank you that you guys are the heroes you are the super heroes because you are saving so many lives you're changing so many lives for good and you're impacting life for good so keep up the good work when you feel discouraged pick yourself up and encourage yourself to say, you know what, because of me, lives are being transformed. Things are going to change for the better. The society is going to improve and just encourage yourself and keep at it because in due course, you will be able to see the result of your work. Even though right now it might look like you are not seeing anything, just be consistent and keep at it. And before you know it, like the, the ripple effect, you will, not be, you will not be able to believe it. And just know that you are so essential and we're so grateful for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Dr. Tella, I will see you soon in the course. Of course, we'll have you back on the podcast at some time. Thank you. So make sure you jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 135 for Dr. Atkinsola's free downloadable grant funding made easy U.S. nonprofits. This is just for those of you who listen to the grant writing 
and funding podcast. So do check out grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 135. And you will also get all of the links and more information about Tulla if you enjoyed this podcast. Please do leave a review on iTunes if you are loving the Grant Writing and Funding podcast and all of the special guests and information that we provide. It always brings me so much joy when I see that over there at iTunes and on other podcast listener review platforms. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Bye-bye.